Welcome in to No Punt Intended presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zolo. It is the second free agency show that we currently have. Last week, we had Jason Moore from the Fantasy Footballers on to talk quarterbacks. This week, I'm going to kick it off. I'm not even going to introduce these two guys because I am running her last name through my head as we speak. We have Kate Madjuk. Yeah? Yeah. Love it. Let's go, baby. Bravo. Kate Madjuk from All Blast. We can just end the show here. Yeah, right? There you go. 38 seconds. Pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. It can can only go down. It's only going to go downhill. Uh, Kate's (laughs) joining us to talk running backs. And, of course, as always, Josh and Ryan are here with me. Um, Kate, thanks for coming on. This is your second time, but uh, your first time was Women of Fantasy Football. So thanks for coming back. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This is absolutely awesome. I love the graphics. Y'all have, uh, I I feel like the overlay is a little bit different than the last time I joined y'all. So I I like it. I like the upgrade. I feel like a, I, I'm on a real TV show, I, I like a game show. I don't know. Ask me, ask me questions. I want to win. There we go. <laughs> Oh, Joe, we'll be uh, we'll be pumping plenty of questions. Plenty of questions, don't you worry. I'm sure a would you rather is going to be pumped in somewhere, per usual. Um, but, of course, today, talking running backs, uh, heading into free agency. Tampering period begins on March 15th, which is, what now, three weeks away? Not even? Like, yeah. Right? Right around the corner. Before we head into that, though, the biggest news, because we actually discussed this last week, is what's going to happen with Carson Wentz. And if you were the Colts GM, would you trade for Carson Wentz? I believe Jason that question said, was answered. <laughs> question was yeah. answered. I believe Jason said he wouldn't and would no. use that. Or did Jason he? said, I loved how Jason put it. Cause basically what he said was the Colts already know whether they want Wentz or not, because they went to Frank Reich and said, do we want Wentz or not? And so they knew the answer to that question. And then just mere hours later, we found, the answer was yes they wanted him so so the initial reactions here kate how does this bode let's just look from a fantasy football perspective how does this bode for guys like jonathan taylor ty hilton michael Pittman, any of those guys i feel like this is kind of a lateral move unless i so i do expect the colts to make some moves in free agency they've got to do something to bolster the receiving core i they they can't just keep using this like rotating carousel of tight ends they they've got all of the pieces. I think, it, I mean, we saw it last year. I don't think they did uh, a fantastic job with Phillip rivers and they made it to the playoffs. So I, I think they are getting an upgrade at, you know, with the arm, but maybe not necessarily with the processing of the field. And unless you're doing something to actually bolster the weapons on that offense, I mean, it, Let's look at it like side by side with the Eagles. We've got Miles Sanders with the Colts. We've got Jonathan Taylor. Fantastic. We've got, uh, you know, maybe Miles Sanders is more of the receiving back, but don't worry. We got Naeem Hines for that. We're good. Um, All of the other receivers, I'm not sure. Like Michael Pittman, super pumped about him, but uh, not sure that he's getting off on the right foot with Carson Wentz there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I think the media made that out more than what it was. Oh, it sounded like he did him dirty. Yeah. I feel like it. Carson Wentz was probably like, hey, can I have the number? Oh, it's fine if not. And he was like, oh, it's like a special. You know, I feel like it was probably not that not that big of a deal. But outside of Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, like he's a free agent. I, I just don't understand why we're uh, hyping him up in this offense when we didn't see Carson Wentz perform with pretty much the same weapons um, when he pulled his stats from a clean pocket 
which I, I mean, that's really sort of the the best measurement of a quarterback and how he's processing the field. He was broken. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league from a clean pocket last season. I don't see the what outside of maybe like getting his self-esteem up a little bit. I okay, I, it's a lateral move. I think the upside for me here is that you're going from a, a really bad offensive line last year that was ravaged by injuries in Philly to one that's really, really good in Indy. And I'll be honest, I didn't even think Indy's offensive line was as good as it has been the last couple of years. Yeah. I think they step, took a little bit of a step down. But I think the biggest thing, too, he's working with familiar coaches, with Frank Reich. And the big thing with Carson, it's going to be getting that confidence back up. But as you mentioned, Kate, they don't have any weapons. Like, we want Pittman to be good, and we saw some flashes towards the end of the year. But right now, they don't have anybody, and it's a revolving door at tight end. The plus side, they have the fourth most cap space currently, according to Spot Track. So they have the ability to maybe go and get someone like an Allen Robinson or a Johnu Smith that can plug into those key roles that gives Carson a number one receiver, a legit number one receiving tight end, or maybe the Colts end up bringing in, say, I don't know, Zach Ertz after Philly cuts him. That's a hey. familiar face there. And if yeah. he's healthy all year, Ertz can still be a quality tight end. So I think there's a lot to like, but as it, the situation stands now, I agree. It is very much a lateral move. Josh is so out on Zach Ertz. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so far out on Zach Ertz as an Eagle in 2021. God, oh, he's, he's not coming back. I've There's been no waving goodbye for like three seasons. I'm just, <laughs> I, I've been preparing. I've had this date in my head uh, where they were, where they were going to say goodbye. And I, I feel like the way we closed out the last season, the fact that they did trade Carson Wentz, it's a matter of time. Yeah. I, I got Dallas Goddard in dynasty. Fine by me. Bye, Zach. Thanks for playing. <laughs> See you later. I'm just wait till they spend that pick on Kyle Pitts, right? Then it's like, oh, crap. Hey, no, Zach Ertz hey Goddard the, plays Goddard. better as the second tight end. I'll take it. I agree. It. I agree. I'll take it. I think the big movement that could happen for Wentz is Indy's just much more willing to run the ball early, often, and keep it out of his hands. It's crazy that you're paying someone who you're almost asking to be a game manager the kind of money he's going to get paid. But I mean, if it works, it works. You have to think they're going to make the playoffs again. The division hasn't improved greatly, and it's likely to actually take a step back if Watson gets traded out of division. So the Eagles are going to pull a one out of this. I like it for both teams, but I also agree with the whole lateral move thing. The biggest thing I wrote in my notes is I don't think we're going to see any major change in the Colts offense from last year in year one. If Wentz is able to stay there long-term and the coaching staff doesn't get turnover and everything, I think you might see some improvement out of Wentz next year. But I think it's just going to be more of the same. And like Kate brought up, if there's no addition to the weapons, and then especially if there's subtraction and the loss of T.Y. Hilton, what's going to be better for Wentz? I'm not expecting a huge thing out of Wentz. I think this could play out well for Jonathan Taylor because defenses might be a little bit more afraid of Wentz than they are. Philip Rivers and whatever that throwing motion was. Look, Wentz was a top 10 QB in fantasy last year or in 2019. Yeah. 4,000 passing yards and not a single wide receiver had more than 500 yards. Yeah. We know he can play. It's just a matter of where's his head. Hopefully Frank Wright can help him get that on straight. Staying as far away from Carson Wentz as I possibly can. Yeah. So that there, there's your analysis there. All right. Let's dive into these running backs here. I'm going to start by just listing off these free agent running backs. Um, 
guys Keep in that... mind, I didn't add every single one on there. There's plenty. We'd be here a while. Yeah, yeah, we'd be here a while. <laughs> Keep in mind, this list goes from the average, the highest average annual value of contract in 2020 to the lowest. So Aaron Jones is far down the list. Don't, don't think we forgot about him. But starting, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman, James White, Matt Breda, Mike Davis, Rex Burkhead, Carlos Hyde, Brian Hill, Leonard Fournette, Malcolm Brown, Dion Lewis, Jarek McKinnon, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Gus Edwards, who's restricted, Jamal Williams, Marlon Mack, Wayne Gallman, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Boston Scott, and Philip Lindsay, who are both restricted free agents. So you have a lot of those guys there. Uh, Frank Gore is going to make his tour around the AFC East and sign with the Patriots. So we don't really need to discuss that one. Literally the only (laughs) note I wrote by him is that I hope he goes to New England. If he goes to New England, I'm immediately purchasing a jersey. Immediately. (laughs) Immediately. That's not even a question. Um, But obviously the biggest names on this list, the biggest name is Aaron Jones. I don't think that's even a question. And then basically you're looking at 2A and 2B are Chris Carson and Leonard Fournette. So let's just start talking those three guys. And we'll start with the biggest fish in the pond here, Aaron Jones. And the two questions we kind of have is where's the best real life spot? Because obviously they could land in a great spot real life and have it suck for fantasy football purposes or the complete opposite. So let's start in fantasy land because that's what we really care about here (laughs) is where's the best spot for Aaron Jones fantasy wise and it may very well be the same you know spot for real life wise if you do think it's the same please say that but kate best fantasy spot for aaron jones i'm good this is going to hurt because i do have a lot of shares in chase edmonds but i'm sending him to the cardinals i'm going to pair him up with kyler murray uh i'm going to give kyler another uh receiving weapon to uh dump it off to uh you know maybe cut back on Kyler's rushing attempts a little bit and try to, uh, I think it's always good when you have a, a quarterback who's willing to throw it to the running back. It's just, it's good for the quarterback. You'll get hit less. We've seen him take plenty of sacks. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely an opportunity for Kyler Murray just to develop as a quarterback, to have uh, a player of that caliber in Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones, I mean, you're you're looking at just an absolute beast. Uh, Kenny and Drake saw so much opportunity last season. He just didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, pair that talent of Aaron Jones with the opportunity that we saw in, in Kenny and Drake. I'm all in. Ryan? Oh, for me, it's Miami so far. Like, the way they were willing to just stick with Miles Gaskin. And I love Miles Gaskin, but this guy is a seventh-round pick. Um if Aaron Jones were to go there and literally be the guy, the thing we wanted in Green Bay for so long, and you have a team that is going to like, I, I love, I almost feel with Kate that Arizona would be the better, like real life landing spot, but I worry what Kyler would do to the, his goal line carries in Miami. That's not going to be an issue. Like, I just feel like Aaron Jones would be literally the RB one in fantasy football. If he could end up in Miami, that that's my dream come true right there. Okay, R- Ryan putting balls out on the table and calling Aaron Jones RB1 <laughs> if he ends up a Finn. Okay, great. Josh, to you. Uh, I agree with Ryan on this one. Uh, I do like Miami, and there's a lot of buzz already that, um, you know, they're, they're linking them there. I know Drew Rosenhaus is based out of Miami, who is Aaron Jones' agent. But, Kate, I want to kind of touch back on, on what you were talking about with Arizona. I don't know how many of you guys noticed this, but Cliff Kingsbury loves running right up the middle. 
And I really <laughs> cannot understand why. Like 30.8% of the running back rushing attempts were right up the gut. And Kenyon Drake averaged less than four yards a carry on all of that. Aaron Jones, when he runs between center and left guard, 7.1 yards per carry. That's like that nuts. would be absolutely insane for that type of value. If that's really what Kingsbury wants to do. I just don't like it because it feels like what they want to do is split the carries. Like they want one guy to run up the middle and then they're going to bring in the other back to receive. And I feel like you're going to see a lot of what we wanted from Aaron Jones, not in Arizona, which is we want him to be a feature back to do everything. And then KK is going to be like, yeah, we'll just run him up the middle and we'll throw to Chase Edmonds yeah. when it's yeah. like Aaron Jones is dynamic out of the backfield. So I, I prefer Miami, although they were 30th in run blocking per PFF last year, which not great. Um, but I think just the talent of Aaron Jones would just increase that number tenfold. And with all the draft picks that they have, if they do stay at three, they can bring in more offensive talent not just around him, but also maybe even on the offensive line, Panay Sewell from Oregon, I think would be a huge upgrade for them. Partnering with the offensive line picks they got last year in the first two rounds, that can, you know, again, the growth of these young players around to a, around potentially Aaron Jones, Devontae Parker, et cetera. I personally think that would be the best landing spot. And they have, they can make enough moves to get about 60 million freed up in cap space to both bring in Aaron Jones and a receiver. So. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just we're gonna play this with all these top three guys. <laughs> Obviously, you have to pay them. They're not gonna just take anything cheap. We know the salary cap has been reduced. Looking at the two teams we have mentioned, Arizona's sitting at just under 20 million in free cap space, Miami's sitting at just under 31 million in free cap space. That is currently right now. Obviously, there's plenty of time within the next three weeks for them to fix that make more cap space, any of that stuff. But let's play it as it is right now, free agency started. The top 10 running backs in terms of average annual value heading into 2021, McCaffrey at 16, Zeke and Kamara at 15, uh, the elite David Johnson at 13, <laughs> Dalvin Cook at 12.6, Derek Henry at 12.5, Mixon at 12, a deep drop to Melvin Gordon at eight at 8 million, Wow. Saquon Barkley just under eight million, and Austin Eckler just over. It's basically six and an eighth, is is ten. So, with that being said, you're Aaron Jones and you're his agent. You're probably going to ask for a three year, thirty million dollar contract that puts him at ten AAV. He's probably going to ask for even more. Yeah, I was going to say I think that might be low. <laughs> Yeah, I would think, I think that it is 12 low. million a year is the kind of the starting point, I would so, think. So there you go. So if would so Kate, would you sign Aaron Jones for three years, 36 million a year? Because that would be the 12 AAV. Oh, I think this is such a bad time for running backs to ask for money. Mm -hmm. Like you are looking at just so many uh, you know, maybe not necessarily for fantasy football, but for the NFL, what a time to be a, a GM right now because you're just swimming in running backs that are capable of uh, grinding clock, of of getting in the end zone. We have a, a, a few pretty talented running backs coming up in this class. The market is pretty saturated. And as much as I love Aaron Jones's talent, um, I don't know that he's going to get that kind of money just with the 
the the current landscape unless this is a um you know a, a franchise that is looking to just go all out with their cap space and really they're they're they've got enough where they feel comfortable really paying up for him and and you know money's not a a problem whatsoever but generally when you're in that situation you have a lot of other team needs as well so I don't know. I don't think I would do it just with the, just with the backs available right now. I don't think I would do it. So, and you, you look at, you mentioned that. So let's just talk about the two backs that are on those teams. We mentioned Miami and Arizona, miles Gaskin, his his AAV in 2021 will be 650,000. Not even going to hit a million. And then, and then for Chase Edmonds, it'd be 728,000. They're making nothing. They're literally making nothing. So, would you rather, essentially, we know obviously Aaron Jones is better than both of these guys. I don't really think there's an argument there, but would you rather pay Miles Gaskin or Chase Edmonds $11.5 million less to get 70% of the output and spend that money elsewhere? And I think those teams, especially Arizona, Miami, would probably look to do that unless Miami is gung ho, like we're trading for Deshaun Watson, we're buying Aaron Jones we're winning the Super Bowl in the next two to three years. And that may be Miami's, you know, MO right now. But you make a good point, Kate. These the running backs on the roster right now make nothing. They literally make nothing in terms of NFL money. So without And being, they've been productive. I, I think yeah. like that's that's probably the most underrated part is it not even uh, I mean, Chase Edmonds, he was the running back 25 in PPR formats last season. I feel like none of us are thinking enough about Chase Edmonds just moving forward. I've seen uh, just not enough chitter chatter on the Twitter sphere about his potential. If he gets uh, even a third more of the touches, like they can add in another back. That's fine. He's still going to be fantasy relevant. Miles Gaskin. He's been, uh, he's been an outstanding uh, back to watch. You have uh, Savan Ahmed, uh, who also is going to be returning. They just have so many pieces I and they they can fill so many other holes. I don't see why they would do it when they're in such a comfortable position. My biggest thing with running backs, if you're going to pay them, make sure you have a rookie quarterback, plain yep. and simple. And right now, Miami, the way that they spent in free agency last year, they spent on defense. If they can run the ball, play good defense, let Tua manage the game, then it becomes worth it to pay Aaron Jones, in my opinion. And then yeah. by the time it's time to pay Tua, Aaron Jones, you could probably cut and release. So that's why I think Miami makes the most sense, not only from a fantasy perspective, but also a real life perspective. But I like I don't hate, I mean, Arizona's in the same situation. Right now, you're not paying Kyler Murray. He's not due for an extension. I think they can yep. start talking after this year. So you can still get a couple years out of Aaron Jones if you front load the contract. And I think they've got a reasonable amount of cap space, so they can make that work probably. I don't know how many teams will be able to front load contracts this year, um, but that's exactly. where I, you kind of hit the nail on the head with me with Miami and you hit every point I was going to hit was three years, 36 million, three years brings you to the end of picking up the fifth year option on Tua. So everything yep. just kind of works out perfectly there. And they spent all of that money on defense and there's two things you want to do. You want to control the ball and stop the other team. You control the ball and keep the defense on the field with all that money you forked over. I, I think it's a great fit there at 36 million or 12 million AAV on 30 million cap room. I'm making that sign all day. Like that's just, I don't know. I love Aaron Jones. I, 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 I was 
beating the drum that anybody who said anything about regression last year was not paying attention to. How and you could Aaron argue he had a better year this year than in 2019. Minus yeah, the I mean, he, he hit 60 fewer fantasy points, but literally only fell from RB two down to RB five. It was not a deep fall whatsoever. So for fantasy, give me all the Aaron Jones and, and I'll put my stamp on it as much as I love Jonathan Taylor. And as much as CMC is, is the goat. If, Aaron Jones ends up in Miami. It'll be hard for me not to make him my RB one next year. Christian Ooh. McCaffrey to the damn moon. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't need to say it. I'm going to send him there. He's already there, but sorry. I, I was laughing real quick. Not at anybody here. I was laughing real quick. Cause I was looking at total cash numbers and I just switched over to quarterbacks for 2021. And it gave me a, a good laugh because the top three quarterbacks in total cash for 2021 are as follows. Number one is Jared Goff. Uh, number two is Carson Wentz, and number three is Jimmy Garoppolo, tied yes. with Tom Brady. Um, I mean, you just NFL, gotta laugh. NFL teams are smart. You just, you just, you gotta laugh when the top four quarterbacks are Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tom Brady in total cash. In that order, might I add? In that order. I love it. Oh, wow! We could all you be finally- NFL GMs. You finally have some NFL GMs willing to pay players. Finally. And then and then you you I have the like the players. Todd Gurley, <laughs> Todd Gurley incident. You've got the Jared Goff fiasco. Like you we've created a uh, a poop storm to yeah. be honest, uh because the the ones we've really paid have not exactly. necessarily been the best and well, and that's going to hurt players down the line. I worry about that. And that's why I don't think Arizona would ever be I don't know what the opposite of gun shy is, but I don't think they would ever have the balls to pay another running back after what happened with David Johnson. I think there's mm-hmm. at least for the next three to five years, they're going to be like, Nope, we'll just stick with very cheap guys. The buyer's and- remorse. Yep. Exactly. exactly. Just, I know we're not talking quarterback, but just to throw this out there, I'm pretty sure no re- team in recent history has had the highest paid quarterback in terms of total cash and has won the Super Bowl. Just putting that out there. You don't win with the highest paid quarterback. You win with a well-rounded team. Just saying. Um, All right. Next guy, Chris Carson. This is an interesting one. Uh, Another guy who he was a seventh round pick. I believe we talked about miles Gaskin being a seventh round pick. Chris Carson, seventh round pick. He's been, he's been quietly really good in fantasy. In my opinion, like he's a guy that not too many people talked about. Um, but he somehow finds his way into the top 20 most season, or at least the past couple of seasons. He always finds his way in there with Chris Carson. Where are we thinking for him in terms of a best landing spot? Kate, is it, we look and stay in the division, go to Arizona as well. Or are there some other teams like a Pittsburgh and Atlanta, New York? Is he back in Seattle? What do you think? This is going to be a weird pick, but I would kind of like to send him to Washington, uh, play, get a a big one, two punch. And uh, all of the Antonio Gibson truthers are going to probably hunt me down and murder (laughs) me after this show. But I think he would make a delightful one, two punch with Antonio Gibson. He's also uh, got that receiving ability. So I think uh, between between him, let's just bump JD McKissick out of here, uh, and and we're just going to focus on Chris Ryan. Carson. 
You know what? I mean, I, I I'm was... actually good with it though because Carson won't take all of the passing work yes. that McKissick does. So where it might actually help Gibson in the long run, Kate. It I think it really would. And you know, like he does have that that dual threat ability. It's just not uh that's not what he's he's it's not the one best. threat that McKissick has. Yes, <laughs> it's not the only threat. And they definitely yeah. need playmakers. Um, I think, you know, they're they're trying to generate defense and ball control and i think chris carson's such a good guy to do that i mean i i don't hate the pick whatsoever i believe washington yeah they're sixth in terms of most salary cap right now at just under 42 and a half so they got the money to do it and we'll we'll get to the money portion with chris carson in a little bit so before we get to that ryan where are you thinking for chris carson for me it's got to be stay in seattle um i think it's a comfortability thing with him and russell wilson they want to run the ball more this year um i was looking at his 2019 versus 2020 he carried the ball basically half as much and was still the rb12 uh if you take out the four games he missed he was pacing as the R, or excuse me he was the rb19 but was the RB 12 the year before with double the carries to where you could see him rise in the fantasy ranks. If you take out the four games he missed this year, he could be the RB eight. So the main thing for me though, besides production is I'm worried that his fumble issues could get him benched anywhere else. Whereas in Seattle, they seem to fall off of him like water. And I'd like to keep (laughs) it that way to where if Pete Carroll doesn't care if he fumbles and keeps him on the field, that's great for fantasy managers. If he goes anywhere else and Riverboat Ron gets tired of seeing him put the ball on the turf, now all of a sudden you had a guy who is doing nothing on a weekly basis. All I got from that, Ryan, is that he's not signing in Tampa. That's all I got from that. There you, go. you know, Bruce Arians would bench him like that. Yep. Or New England. <laughs> I think with, with uh, Carson's injury history, it, it feels like he's best as like a, a 1A or 1B type. But when you look at a guy like him that – seems to feed off of the contact and the additional carries. I don't know that he's going to be as effective as part of a tandem, if that makes any sense. Um, I think he needs the work, but he can't handle it. (laughs) Basically. Yeah, basically. Uh, I, I, and and that's kind of why I think he's ultimately going to end up signing like a one or a two year deal. Like it'll be not so much like a prove it deal, but just kind of something that, you know, gives him, you know, some money this year but gives him an opportunity and lets a team see like, Hey, he can be our number one guy because Seattle, they, they gave him the the opportunity and he couldn't really handle it. But with what he did do, he was productive. And for, you know, outside of this year, we only played 12 games. He's been among the top five, top 10 in, in force missed tackles over the last two, three years. So if you've got a team with a bad offensive line, this is a guy you want to go to. Or if you're a team that, you know, wants to grind the football, play good defense and run like a Pittsburgh or even Buffalo, if I don't know really what's going on there with Singletary and Zach Moss, but they break a lot of tackles, but their running game just is very stagnant. Like it's just not working. And I think maybe if you brought in someone like a Chris Carson on a cheap one-year deal and said, hey, we're just going to let you guys compete and see who floats to the top, maybe that could be Carson. But I depending on what they what the Steelers ultimately do with James Conner because he's also a free agent I think Carson could be a good fit in Pittsburgh so we're all over the place with Chris Carson yeah and as a Steelers fan I would love 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 the fit love it they don't have a ton of cap space obviously but yeah they're they're gonna make space once we bump Ben off we're gonna have plenty 
They're they're six <laughs> million mark. over. But you're not the New Orleans Saints who are sixty five million dollars over the cap space. Or the Eagles. So, <laughs> uh, the Saint the Saints make the Eagles look rich. Honestly, like the the Eagles. The well, league before, average... before we did the restructuring of Malik Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, they were close to seventy million over. Ah, well, the league average is sixteen and a half. If we eliminated New Orleans at sixty-five million over, I imagine that league average goes up at least five to seven million dollars. Like that's how much in cap hell they're in. Thankfully, they don't need a running back. But I think we're uh, burying the lead here. I think Kate just said that the Steelers were going to bump Ben off, which I think is a euthanism for murder. So they're not even just cutting him. <laughs> All I heard was that Pittsburgh is going to have Ben Roethlisberger killed. And I'm just, that's breaking he, news. He doesn't seem like he wants to leave willingly. So. No, that's certainly. Gotta do what you gotta do. You're, you're, done, you're done with Ben? I'm so done with Ben. I'm uh, as fully, is as is football. I, I do think that uh, we might be discounting the, I, I, I don't know. I feel like nobody's talked about the fact that Roethlisberger had like two MCL injuries last year. Uh, we really saw the, you know, I feel like that was the start of the end for the Steelers last year. I do think maybe uh, some of that had to do with, with injury, you know, very low average depth of target last season. They wanted to get the ball out fast. They didn't want him touched by defenses. Uh, and I would imagine that, that they became a little bit more cautious of yeah. that uh, as the season went on after he got those knee injuries. Um, I, I think there's still something in the tank, but there are just so many, uh, there, there are so many other players that are, you know, ideally I want to be a part of the franchise for much, much longer. Uh, like I, I think signing Minka Fitzpatrick to a long-term deal is uh key TJ Watt. You have so many players in need of a paycheck. I, I would rather just cut bait, move on. Uh, Cause it, like you guys said it before, you don't need, uh, necessarily to pay a quarterback the most money. Um, you know, if you can get a, a quarterback on a rookie deal, and maybe that does set you back in 2021, uh, you end up uh, a bit higher in the draft order than you're used to. I mean, that's how they landed Ben take in the it. first place. Yeah. I Take it. Yeah. I will say that the plus side is, is that TJ Watt, I believe is up for an extension. So if they were able to extend him, that frees up a good amount of cap space for this year because I think he's on the cap for like 10 plus million in year four oh. of his deal. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like you know, they need money to sign his brother too to get him to <laughs> Pittsburgh. So they really need to figure out their cap Pittsburgh situation. signing everybody. Uh, and I heard Ju Juju is retiring a Steeler as well. Um, oh my. The Steelers have I don't have believe that one bit. You, you you don't believe Juju Smith-Schuster is going to stop risking his health to be a TikTok star? No, I believe that all day, every day. Are you kidding me? Juju would rather run around like a little freaking bunny instead of run and get smoked by uh, by Minka Fitzpatrick and practice every day. That's that's what he would much rather do. You sound no. angry, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God, he's so bad. He's a Boston what sport. You, Juju? Oh, my God. <laughs> You can't do that if you're not good. You can't do that. It's not allowed. It's just not allowed. But nobody, every like listening to the broadcast before and after the Steelers were bad, 
uh, like literally yeah. uh, probably three weeks before they were like, oh my God, Juju, he's got the TikTok. And like, I'm doing my Chris Collinsworth over here. Yeah. Like, uh, now here's a guy that has a TikTok <laughs> and like everybody was loving it. They're like, oh my God, it's so funny. He dances on the logos. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then they lose. Two games they lose. They lose one game yep. and they're like, this guy is garbage. We need to yeah. get him off the he's logos. He's a distraction. He's a distraction. Like, you pick the narrative you want. I, as a fan, I really like Juju. I think he's a pretty cool dude. He does a lot of really awesome stuff for the city of Pittsburgh and the the kids in Pittsburgh. He's so good with the kids. Um, I would love to see him stay. I think he's got the right vibe for the city, but we've there's a lot of decisions left to be made. Um, and I do hope he continues the TikTok for what it's worth. Listen, I, I hope he continues it as well. Just stop playing football. Like, you're going to make more money as a TikTok star. He's ju he just has to learn how to balance the two. That's the thing. Yes. And that comes with maturity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, good, uh, good what, 23? 23? He's like four years old. Can we give yeah, the guy? Yeah. He was a baby when he came into the league. So, yep. yeah. That's like me complaining about, like, my my 19-year-old or 19 uh month old niece like oh she barely forms complete sentences yeah. like well i'm, I'm gonna give her some time like get her shit I, together yeah she'll get her shit together i'm, I'm confident i mean juju's had some great role models in his life ben roethlisberger oh, no. antonio brown oh, no martavis bryant he's really had great role models in the locker room with him so i don't know why he hasn't matured quickly honestly when you think about it Oh, thanks for that. Thanks for the laugh, everyone. I thought that was kind of funny. All right. So now let's get to the money portion with Chris Carson. I don't think anyone here thinks he commands the same as Aaron Jones, which we're talking about 12 million. No. Does he command as much as Melvin Gordon, who currently sits at 8 million average annual value? Kate? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, and it, okay. again, it goes back to the the current market. Um, and, and I think you also have to look at, not that this should be impacting whatsoever, but, uh, the fact that he did have, uh, in, in another injury riddled season, the guy's been banged up plenty. I know he's had uh, a couple of, uh, decent seasons, 14 games, 15 games. Um, but he hasn't been on the field as consistently as you like, he doesn't have the draft capital, uh, do I think he, he deserves, um, uh, let's say an average of 9 million a year. Uh, I think he's a step above Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon has been like one of the most overrated. He just, he, he scores touchdowns and that's what he does. Uh, Chris Carson is a much more, uh, well-rounded back for me. Um, just solid across the board, but I, I just don't know who is going to pay a running back. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that you know, there, there are other running backs like Aaron Jones that are going to set the bar uh, higher than, than Chris Carson is probably going to see. The, the only guy who pays running backs is Bill O'Brien. He was fired. So <laughs> nobody well, he does. Uh, he, he pays them. He trades picks for them. He's yep. all in on running backs. Like, He's like uh, a fantasy I know he really is like a fantasy manager. <laughs> Everybody was making fun of the idea that they would trade, uh, you know, for uh, Christian McCaffrey. I was like, honestly, that sounds totally like them. Like they they would trade their life away for Christian McCaffrey. And uh, they'd probably ask for like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, just Christian McCaffrey. And yeah, they'd throw up. in more picks <laughs> just to get to Sean Watson off the rock. Like the Texans are a mess. I don't, but yeah, that would terrible. be so on brand. 
right? It's the same organization <laughs> that traded two that traded two first round picks for uh, literally the seventeenth best left tackle in Laramie Tunsil, and then paid him like the best left tackle, which yeah. still made but zero sense. Josh, you have no choice. You yeah, traded. That, well, two yeah, at that point, yeah, you him. have no choice. I get you don't it. Don't have a choice. Still. You traded two firsts for him. Okay, so Chris Carson sits in that eight to nine million range. Josh Ryan, any disagreements there? I I think maybe even lower, but I don't think Carson's going to take lower. I'd only give it to him for one year though. So Correct. it would have to, it's definitely a prove it deal for me. There's no way I'm signing him to two years, 16 or 18 million. I, I'm not going to hitch my would, wagon. To that so for that which, long, would so. you give him a one year, 9 million prove it deal? Yeah, like Arizona did with Kenyon Drake. I, that I'd was going to be my first comp. Yeah. I'd have to be a running back away though. And I don't know that there are many teams outside of maybe Arizona, maybe Buffalo. That's just a running back away. Well, and keep in mind, too, you see a lot of times when these players become free agents, when they sign with new teams, it's to teams within the division. Mm-hmm. You could see someone like Arizona make a move for Chris Carson. They've seen him for the last three, four years. They know what he, he does and what he's effective at. They could see a benefit to signing him. Uh, but I, I think, again, I think the ceiling for him is going to be like a Kenyon Drake, like one year, eight million. I think more realistically, it's probably like a Todd Gurley one for five. Now, what if a team like the Jets who has cap room and needs superstars, and I'm not saying Carson's a superstar, but what if Aaron Jones goes to Miami or goes to Arizona? The Jets could throw money at him to get him there. That'd be interesting. It would be terrible, but it'd be I don't think Joe Douglas would do that. Okay. That that's just me personally. I think he'll I think he'll bring in a veteran running back and we'll get to them in a bit, but you don't think they'll I, overpay I, I don't Carson? think it's I, yeah, I don't think it's gonna be Carson. I don't think they'll overpay for a running back. That's what I think. Cool. All right. Last big name guy, Leonard Fournette, who I personally took in a startup dynasty that I drafted in late December. It was very cautious about that. And then he smoked defenses in the playoffs. And I'm like, let's fucking go. So I got very excited. Um, so, I mean, his stock, uh, again, playoff stock shot through the roof, I think, in terms of fantasy going into next year. Um, with everything that he did throughout the playoffs, playoff Lenny. I don't know where that came from, but oh, um, now I it's would... Lombardi Lenny. Oh mm. God, oh. <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, I was almost cut Lenny like yeah. two minutes before that. I, yep. The nicknames. I, I, I eat too to much McDonald's before nicknames. the season, Lenny. Like uh, the the dude shows up to training camp three hundred pounds. Like this is the this is the reason. People are normally down on Leonard Fournette because he shows up overweight to camp. He's but, Eddie Lacy. Except oh, effective. That's listen, the difference, listen, I think, between him Ed, and Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy. Fournette shows up like a fullback. Eddie Lacy showed up like a defensive lineman. That was a whole different story. <laughs> Eddie Lacy showed up like Vince Wilfork and ran like it. <laughs> That's what Eddie Lacy showed up as. Um, all right. So with Leonard Fournette, Kate. What do you think is the best landing spot for him? And we already have someone in here in the chat. And I know I'm going to spoil this because I know this is Josh's answer. Oh, it's Ryan's th- answer too. It's Ryan's answer. <laughs> Keith thinks he goes to the Falcons. So we have Josh and Ryan have the Falcons. Kate, Falcons, or do you have a different team? I think the Falcons sound about right. Uh, I want to see the Falcons do literally anything but take <laughs> other leftovers. Like I, I just I want to see them do. But it sounds like a, a move that's that's on brand with them. I really don't have a place though. It like Joe, as somebody who just took him in a, a dynasty startup, like when you drafted him, what was your idea for him? Because there's no place that makes me go, "Ooh, I want to share." 
So like, um, what was your, what was your I'm, process? I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to pull up my roster. I, I'm going to tell you my, my process. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you my process. Didn't Kate, you because... pick them kind of late? Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull up oh, the yeah, draft. In early December, he probably got him crazy late. Yeah. I, At that point, I, it's a dart throw. I mean, he's going to be a free agent. You see where he lands. Maybe you get a starter for a year. So, and... so this is a 12 team draft. It is IDPs. So let me preface that, that there were IDPs chosen and your starting lineups consist of one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end, four flexes, a kicker, a defense, um, and then a D lineman, linebacker, DB. So you have a large, large starting roster. But I ended up taking, I went back to back and took Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler first, second round. I, I hmm. almost always tend to go running back, running back, unless I, I think I only, the only time I did it this year was I got Devonta Adams in the second because someone took Aaron Jones before me. That was the only reason. I got Fournette in the 10th. Wow. So I, he was my third running back. I didn't take a running back between rounds three to nine. I ended up taking four receivers, um, a quarterback, a tight end, and Darius Leonard as my linebacker, my king. Um, absolutely love Darius Leonard. But I got Fournette in the 10th, and I didn't take another running back to the 15th, and I took Miles Gaskin because running backs are just dog shit after the fifth round, in my opinion. So my thought process with taking Leonard Fournette is I, I I had Josh in my ear for some reason. He's like, Fournette may end up in a good spot next year. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. He's a good running back, right? <laughs> he's, shown, he's shown some promise. We've seen him be efficient. And I'm like, okay, I was sitting there. I have three receivers that I like. I got a tight end I like. I can get more receivers later that I know I'm still going to like. So let me put a dart throw out there on Fournette. Because I, I in reality... I never have to start Leonard Fournette. So I was like, screw it. Let me do it. Yeah. Um, I don't hate Atlanta. Their old line is just th this. Like, there's there's no up and down. It's just straight middle of the pack. So if Fournette can channel, like, rookie year, second year Leonard Fournette, where he didn't need too much of an offensive line to get stuff done, I think that's a great fit. Because, again, I don't see Atlanta doing much with that offensive line unless they work on it in free agency or draft, but they're also in cap hell. They're $12 million over. Um, I think fantasy fit, it's great. Real life, it just the, the money doesn't work out. I, I Honestly, Buffalo would be a cool spot, maybe. I, I think that would be a fun spot for him with Josh Allen because Fournette can still run out of the backfield and catch. Honestly, Kate, I don't know. I just said screw it. He's the best running back on the board. That that was that was honestly that was truly my my thought process there. I I don't I don't mind it. I I love a good dart throw, but like my philosophy in Dynasty, sometimes um, when when I have these questionable assets, where I'm like, I don't really know where I'd where they could go, where I'd actually want to plug them into a starting lineup. I'd rather throw the dart at that point at just any anything else. I, I think we know what <laughs> Leonard Fournette is. We know his ceiling's pretty high in fantasy football, but do I think he's a good enough NFL football player right now, or has he shown that? I don't really think so. I, I don't think he's sure. he's shown us enough uh, to, to boost my confidence, but he's definitely a guy that – you might be able to to plug and play in in dire situations. Um, it, I think the, this the, is 
Go ahead, Kate. Sorry, Kate. I didn't want to oh no, much. that's I. I had nothing to say. Um, I, sometimes I just ramble. So well, I just. <laughs> I was gonna I, say now's the time to trade him, Joe. <laughs> Let some else take on that. Yes, you know, but get but, some assets for him. Sure, He's and, coming and off I can a do huge that. Playoff run. The idea is somebody's going to give him an opportunity. Let him be someone else's problem. Yeah, and yeah, let and him I, be somebody else's problem before you. Uh, before we even know the answer, because right. then we can speculate, we can we can blow up the situation, yeah. uh, create some hyperbole in our minds about what he might be able to accomplish in this new offense. Like let let the future manager and in, in your league, uh, hopefully your league mates don't watch this. Well, it's actually they don't. A great. I can tell you 100%. They do not watch this. <laughs> it's actually a they, great point though, because it's something that happened to me last year, and it ended up working out for me. When Robbie Anderson was a free agent and everyone in my dynasty league was making me offers for him, the second he signed with Carolina and people didn't like the landing spot, I couldn't give him away at that point. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with him. Thankfully, I kept him and he had, I don't want to say a great season, but way better than what anybody expected out of him. Yeah. But if anybody had known it would have happened, they would have still paid me for Robbie Anderson. But the second he signed in Carolina, my market dried up to where if Leonard Fournette signs in, I don't know, insert bad team here, your market's going to go away. And then all of a sudden it's, if he resigns in Tampa, even with the Ronald Jones. And that's honestly what I think it's going to be Tampa or, I mean, like I said, I like Fournette just from a fantasy perspective, because you look at what Arthur Smith did the last two years in Tennessee with Derrick Henry. He wants, Big back that can handle a full load. We've seen Leonard Fournette. Obviously, he's a big back. We know this, but he can handle a full load. And it's all going to be, it all comes down to attitude. He had it in uh, Jacksonville. He lost it in Tampa, which was a good thing because he had someone like Tom Brady and that type of leadership. Would he have that somewhere else? And I think that's the biggest question mark. So, again, fantasy wise, I think Atlanta would be perfect. Real life, I think probably he ends up staying in Tampa. And I think a lot of you're going to see a lot of veterans take short term, very cheap deals to sign with Tampa to be with Brady because they saw what happened when Fournette came there, when Antonio Brown came there and really what Tampa and Tom Brady have been able to build over the last year. Yeah. So so I I do want to defend my pick real quick because I feel it was getting shit on just a tiny bit. <laughs> I do want to defend my pick. Um, I was going to take Buda Baker, who was subsequently taken five picks before me very mad i then had minka fitzpatrick queued up oh, i love taking that. taking the pick directly before me so i was i got justin simmons who i still love and is a top 10 safety so i was perfectly fine with that but i'm like okay let me grab a running back because i didn't grab another running back the running backs after that philip Lindsay, marlon mack naheem hines uh daryl henderson todd Gurley, aj Dillon, love bell tony pollard See, no. I would take almost any of those. Ahead yeah, I, was gonna say. I think the only one I would have probably taken above Fournette would have been Dylan, personally. Well, yeah, I think the na- every name you said after Henderson, including Henderson, I think I would have taken ahead of Fournette. Same. But I respect you. Wow. <laughs> AJ Dylan all day. Now, I guess you didn't know that in December, but yeah. you knew Aaron. I mean, you really didn't have no, a, we a good week but, until week but, 15. But you knew we Aaron knew Jones that, and though. Jamal Williams were free gone. Exactly. So. And to, I was playing it like, oh, I could probably get AJ Dillon later. Um, nope. But me, me being a Rashad Penny truther, I took Rashad Penny in the 16th because I, because I, because I hate myself. I literally, I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate myself. I'm like Linda. I hate myself, and I just want to take Rashad Penny. This is <laughs> I, the year. 
I hate myself. I hate myself. Every year. I hate myself. I set, I set an alarm on my phone, Rashad Penny season, every year. I, oh, oh the God. moment Chris Carson signs, you know, fantasy Twitter is blowing oh. up. Rashad Penny it's already, season. It's already started. It's already started. Exactly. That report from NBC Edge came out. It was great. I took Rodrigo Blankenship in the 18th out of 32 rounds too, because I wanted my I wanted my guy at kicker. There you go. You so need I, that longevity. I need I I <laughs> listen, man. He's the only one with goggles in the NFL. He sees better than everybody. Oh, I love I love Blankenship. But yes, yeah, so that the side note there is you love kickers, Joe. Yeah. No, I love Blankenship. So that's that's my that's my defense around around Fournette. I'm I'm glad no one here agrees that that I did the right thing cuz that's Do you feel better like, after that? No, I feel <laughs> awful. I feel terrible. But the good news is I've played in a in a redraft league with these are my high school uh friends and friends back home. I've played in the redraft league with these guys every single year. I make the I make the semifinals or the finals every single season. I can't imagine it's any different in Dynasty, considering I'll just say these idiots have no clue what they're doing. I was gonna say um, for the first two years, you're probably right, but it's gonna be what can you do afterward? Correct. Listen, man, I got T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin as my three wide receivers, and, and Rodrigo Blankenship, and Rodrigo Blankenship. So what does it matter, right? What does it fucking exactly. matter? I got Rodrigo Blankenship. I got goggles. He's gonna secure 15 points right. a game. What does it matter? 15 um, points a game next. Oh, well, he'll need to with Carson Wentz as his quarterback. That's true. <laughs> uh, I love it. All right. Um, what, what the fuck are we talking about? Okay. Leonard Fournette. We're, we're done on Fournette. We know I, I effed up. You're Kate, all in. I'm all in. You're all in. I'm all in, but I effed up. It's very simple. I, I find it hilarious that a 10th round pick is all in now. <laughs> You're right. all in. All in, baby. No, After got, this segment, yes, he's all in. Yeah. <laughs> I got I I took Jonathan Taylor at pick three. I am balls to the wall with now, Jonathan. Now I'm gonna Taylor. edit this up later and I'm gonna like cut, I'm gonna splice up the audio a little bit. I'm gonna make it I I took Leonard Fournette at pick three. <laughs> Like, I, I think that's where that's where we have to do this. Please like, don't I, yeah. love it, <laughs> and we'll all know it's true. Love it. <laughs> so it's real. like, yeah, you saw Christian McCaffrey and Devin Cook go off the board. Who did you see? Oh man, I just love that Leonard Fournette guy. That's right. I think he's. So you have to do the spliced. Uh, the spliced I was gonna say you either do you it really to... fast or you gotta yeah. have the little pause in between. <laughs> yeah. Joe, you gotta I just, do it right. Leonard I just Fournette. Leonard Fournette guy. He's really great. <laughs> I, why am I here? I hate this shit. Why, why am I here? Why am I here? This is terrible. All right. Let's move on to some of these other random uh, random names here before we wrap up. Because um, there's, uh, there's a bunch of guys, the stop gaps, um, the retreads. I thought that said retards real quick. And oh, God. I didn't. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's like, why did Josh type that? <laughs> so rude i i don't i just I looked at it so quick i'm like that's not what it says i know that's not what it says retreads hey, 50 minutes off the rails what do we know the the scat backs and the backups um oh man but yeah I, i'm sorry i don't know why why i saw that but i just i want i just want let's let's have let's have a little fun here does adrian peterson play in 2021 and if so where does he play kate 
from the grave. I he needs he needs to go. Uh, I would not be surprised if he plays, but I have no interest in seeing that. Uh, like send him send him to the Jets now that uh, Frank Gore is probably out. So like <laughs> like send him somewhere where it won't matter. Yeah, I please send him to the Jets. I like that. If if I had to build out a list of the best free agent running backs right now, Adrian Peterson would 100% be in my top 10. Just quick look at this list. Here's a maybe under the radar landing spot that a lot of people aren't thinking of. Minnesota. Jacksonville. Uh, Daryl Bell oh. is now the offensive coordinator there. Coach up J-Rob a little bit? Exactly. I was thinking New York. They need a backup for Saquon Giants. It's not a bad spot. Yeah, Wayne Gallman is a free agent, correct? Yep, so right. they don't have a they don't have a big backup for him. And then I, I guess that Frank Gore is a New England Patriot. That's already locked and loaded. You it's can done. mark it. Whatever whatever the Vegas betting odds on where Frank Gore signs is, just bet New England. It has to be New England. And if it isn't, it's a crime. But um, I will say he doesn't like he's gonna sign, but does he play? Because you know yes. what? He's at what sixteen thousand even career yeah. yards. I know that I feels think. just I, like a great number that? to end on. I like, I'm sorry, ending your season. I, cause literally, literally. Oop. Oh, Kate, you're muted. Can't unmute your guest. Their mic isn't connected. Oh no. We lost Kate for two seconds. What's there she is. is. I didn't have the cameras on my screen. So I thought my stuff messed up. Cause I didn't hear you guys say anything. So I was like, what? <laughs> I, I am not Italian, but I do. You're underwater now, Kate. Yeah, it's it sounds like you're 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 talking from uh, from bikini bottom. (laughs) There you go. You just wanted to go. Maybe um, if it's an XLR, turn off the mixer, unplug and replug. Sometimes, sometimes if it if it shorts, it just it f's with the audio like that. It sounded like it shorted the way it popped. Yeah. Um. So we'll talk real quick while while Kate figures that, but. I think Frank Gore played the uh, listen. Frank Gore is going to play until his son's in the league. They're going to, they're going to match up on the same team. Then Gore retires. I, I truly think that's, what's going to happen. I don't know how many snaps he plays, but I think he does play. And what's a more impressive feat, Frank Gore playing running back at age 38 or Tom Brady playing quarterback at age 43, Josh, Frank Gore. Yeah. Oh, Frank hey, Gore. you're back. Hands down. Yeah. Frank Gore. It's not even close, right? It's not. It's not even a question, in my opinion. Frank Gore. It's more impressive. Frank Gore. Now, if you told me back. Tom Brady at like forty-seven or fifty, I now might if, go Brady. But if if Tom Brady plays quarterback at fifty, not human. That no, then they, it's decided. Dude, not that's human. tell me that's not like the greatest advertisement for DB TV twelve. Like that's what I was just gonna say. If, hold if on, Tom, hold yeah. on. How is how is forty three literally to advertise his company at this point? How is forty three and winning a Super Bowl not already unbelievable? Oh no, it is. I'm just saying. But playing in an NFL game, unreal at a, at a position like that. That's not just kicker. That yeah. is unfathomable. Tom Brady is going to get tackled and disintegrate on the field. That that's how old he's going to be. That's what's going to happen. What's funny is I used to say that about Frank Gore, and now <laughs> we're talking about Tom Brady but, that way. But here's the thing: Frank Gore runs through people at yep. this. Like Frank Gore's in better shape than some 22 year olds that come into the league. 
Like was it? There was a workout video with him and his son, and he was outworking his son at age thirty-eight. It's not a ringing endorsement for his son. Is that NFL? No, no, I want, no it is I not. Want, <laughs> in 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 all actuality, I want Frank Gore if he's going to play to end up with another young running back. I heard a story in Devin Singletary's rookie year that Frank Gore used to take him around before the game and introduce him to every person he knew from the other team, and just that kind of mentor. I think is just going to be great for any young running back. So, so I'd like to see him keep. Fostering so, rookies. so New England with Damian Harris is that's all I'm hearing. Is there you go. New England with Damian. Day one, the moment he signs, Fanatics better have a Frank Gore jersey because I'm buying it. <laughs> I don't care how much money it is. I'll write a blank check to Fanatics. I'm buying it. All right, just some other some other random names in here. Do we think Todd Gurley plays another snap? I mean, he kind of feels like he's at wit's end at this point. Kate, what what do you think there? Honestly, I feel like he's going to have a very, very Devonta Freeman-like fizzle and just sort of disappear into the practice squads, which is so, so sad. Like, I can't believe that Devonta Freeman was was actually with a practice squad. Blows my mind yeah, uh, because it, it was just such a rapid fall from grace. Uh, I, I thought he would be be with us a little bit longer, but the same goes for Todd Gurley. Um, I just don't know how you bounce back from the way he closed out the season. He's clearly, uh, he is not the same Todd Gurley that they once cut a very large check to. No, he's a vulture. That's all he is at this point. Cause he still has a nose for an end zone. Yeah, yep. definitely. I wrote nose for the end zone. My only thing that was shocking to me is RB six from weeks one through nine. So Maybe there was an injury that they didn't disclose. Maybe Atlanta is just trash and we don't want Leonard Fournette there. <laughs> like, I'm hoping he ends up somewhere with an offensive line so we can at least know it was Todd Gurley that was the problem. So I, I, I think he definitely signed somewhere. I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Todd Gurley is such a nose for the end zone. It gravitationally pulled him in in week three against the Bears. Yeah. So much of a – it's magnetic. Um <laughs> One another older guy, Le'Veon Bell. I didn't realize he's 29 years old. Yeah, I wanted to ask Kate about Bell and Connor and just her take being a Steelers fan. Yeah, so. being a Steelers fan. So I I've heard chatter that Bell ends up back in Pittsburgh, which I think is terrible. I think that's awful. But we'll start with Le'Veon Bell. What are your thoughts on Bell, Kate? Uh, I think he's washed unless you're going to put him behind the the best offensive line in the NFL you're you're looking at a lost cause I hope to God Pittsburgh does not sign him James Connor on the other hand I would love to bring him back and I think that uh, he's been just injured enough and just but uh, maybe disappointing enough uh, probably also because of the injuries uh, that he's not going to command a very large check the Steelers are going to be able to afford to pay him I think and I would imagine he wants to be there. So he's a I Pittsburgh feel like, boy. Exactly. Like through. I think he's, I think he'd be coming back, but I do think the, the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers do make some sort of move probably in the draft. Uh, I maybe a, a second round running back. Uh, maybe they take Javante Williams. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I think Connor, I think Connor would sign for three, two, uh, yeah. three three million yeah oh wow i was going like three years 15 that's exactly what oh. i was gonna say joe oh, i don't think See, any I, team's gonna pay him five million a year i i don't think he's going to i, I think like three per mil or three per year is probably what he's going to get yeah 
I could see maybe three for 10 if somebody really wants to invest in him for three years. But I, I think his AAV is going to be probably between three and four million. I don't think it's going to reach anywhere close to five and up. And so. if he wants to be with Pittsburgh, he might get uh, he might give them the hometown discount. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will make a note real quick on Bell, uh, just because, Kate, you said he was washed. I think if some team wants to move him to the slot, he could probably play another five years. Oh, put I him think as a that, receiver. if you play him like uh, maybe Antonio Gibson, give him like seven carries a game, but uh, hyper target him. I, that's what I thought they should have done with Le'Veon Bell so from the shocked. get-go. Yep. A, that's what they should have done. So the reverse Ty Montgomery method. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Go, go from running back to slot instead of slot to running back. Uh, but yeah, the, the no snaps in the Super Bowl. Really, baffling. really, really interesting. Absolutely baffling to me. And the lack of targets. I don't think he saw more than three targets in a game or something like that. It was yeah. it's super can, low. I can tell you right now. So receiving. He, correct, he saw no more than three targets in a game. And caught no more than two. Actually, he did catch three of those targets in against his old team, the New York Jets. Um, but yeah, this I mean, guy, this guy, what three years ago, four years ago, four years ago, was the premier receiving running back that we had seen since Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah. And now he's not seeing three targets a game. That's I, I can't imagine. This is why you don't up. sign with the New York Jets. Let this <laughs> yeah. be a lesson, people. <laughs> or. You don't hold out for a full year thinking you're the best running back in the NFL. Don't stay in shape. Then sign with the New York Jets. You know, a few, couple, few different things. A couple there. rap albums peppered in there, too. A couple rap albums. Yeah. <laughs> Some really good ones. No. It's not, not even the best professional athlete at rap. Like So, Kate, is your ideal situation that Connor comes back to Pittsburgh, or is it one of the other guys? Uh, I would like to bring Connor in, but I do think I, like I, I want to draft a guy. I, I think okay. Connor, uh, the issue is he's such a physical runner that, and I don't think his body can uh, just withhold all of that contact. Uh, but I, I think like he is his best self when he's able to run that way. Uh, so get him, make him the change of pace back. He's a very capable receiver. Um, I, I think you need to switch up the roles a little bit. I think that'll help him from a health standpoint. Uh, and I think the Steelers are, are going, if they give him a, a small deal, um, I, I think that it'll pay off tremendously. So the guy I had on my list for the Steelers, I'm interested to know your thoughts. If they don't tender him too high, I think Philip Lindsay is the kind of guy that could succeed there. He has the right work mentality. Um, obviously, you would like to see him stay healthy, which was all kind of rough last year. But two 1,000-yard seasons and 500 yards and only eight starts last year. So I just, if they don't tender him high, I, I would love, I think Philip Lindsay would be a nice fit for Pittsburgh. What about the Gus bus? I don't think he goes there. Like he's restricted, but. I yeah I think he's gonna end up staying in Baltimore personally. Yeah, I can't see him going anywhere. Yeah, I think they'll they'll bring him back, kind of do a tandem with him and, and J.K. Dobbins, which of course kind of caps Dobbins' upside. But I I think those two worked really well together towards the end of the season. Yeah. All right. Last guy that I want to talk about, Wayne Gallman. He showed in a few games this year, actually for a good stretch. He could play, and I believe he was RB seven for a certain stretch of yeah, time like this year. Of the season, yeah, yeah, like he he was he was putting on a show. I think a lot of that was his notes for the end zone. 
Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But he ripped off some big runs. One I remember specifically against Seattle. Has he earned a starting job anywhere, Kate? No, I. Too many, too many spots uh, filled with too many running backs. I, I think he's. I think he'd be fine in a change of pace role, but I just don't know where do you fit him into this giant puzzle. I, I just yep. don't think there's room for him right now. Okay, Ryan. Yeah, I'm not sold on Gallman at all. I mean, he is mediocre for three years before this, and six touchdowns kind of buoyed him this year. I'm not, I'm not on board. Josh, I think what you're going to see is similar to what we saw with Mike Davis a couple of years ago, where a solid fill-in type season earned him like a a cheap three-year deal, and then he got phased out after one week. Speaking of which, after Aaron Jones signs, Mike Davis would be my next sign because you would get him cheap. He showed what he could do last year. Mike Davis would be my second sign at running back. I wouldn't be shocked if Carolina brings him back just because they know like, hey, if we do need a fill-in for McCaffrey ever again, he worked. So my one caveat to that is this is super weird and reading the tea leaves way too much. And I usually don't do this shit, but it just happened to come across my timeline. The Panthers wished him happy birthday. And the way he responded was like thanking them for all of his time there. Like he was done with them. It was just very interesting, but he was like gracious Maybe it's about just it. But- arrogance on his part, thinking he's actually going to get a payday. Could could very well be just the way I read it. I was like, oh, because I, I would have 100% on board. And I, I normally I don't do this whole Teddy Bridgewater stop following the Panthers, blah, 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 crap that happens, like whatever. Well, Bridgewater's but- gone. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> it does mean something. The tea leaves do, t- they work out. They Sometimes we do need to read them. Yeah, but didn't all this crap happen with Derek Carr as well every year, every offseason? He throws his his little hissy fit from time to time, and (laughs) hey, he's he's still got the job, so I guess his hissy fits are working. Yeah, so it's clearly, yeah, okay, so maybe that's it. Maybe there are people who are better at it than others, so. But yeah, just the way he responded made it sound like he was done, but yeah, of of the guys who are on this list that aren't restricted, because I do like Gus and I do like Philip Lindsay, after Jones, before I would pay up for Carson or Kenyon Drake or Leonard Fournette, I would actually go with Mike Davis. Interesting. He's just—he's on the older side for me, and that's the biggest. I know he's only twenty-eight, but like outside say, of this 20... year, he hasn't done anything. It's like, if you're, peaking, yeah, if you're peaking at twenty-eight as a running back, that's that just feels like a recipe for a team that's going to get sucked into paying way too much money. And it's just going to well, see that. Let me be clear. My my thing here was that he wasn't going to get paid. That's I no. I didn't think he did enough to get a big contract. Yeah. Now if he's if he's looking for three to four million a year, then no, I'm I'm. Up. I've seen a lot of people point, link Kenyon so. Drake to the Jets. I just want to throw this out there. Mike Lafleur, passing game coordinator with the uh, 49ers, now the offensive coordinator with the Jets. Don't sleep on one or the other of Tevin Coleman or Jarek McKinnon ending up there. Yeah. as a fill-in or to partner with the Michael P. Ryan. And that means and, that Joe Douglas doesn't have to spend high draft capital on a running back or money on a running back in free agency. Stay away from Like Tevin legit Coleman. money. Yeah. Oh, if no, Tevin, I, dude, Coleman's done. If Tevin Coleman can't done. succeed with Kyle Shanahan, he ain't going to go succeed with the Jets. It's not happening. McKinnon could have some upside as a passing down back, especially if they really do want to give LaMichael P. Ryan a chance to see what they have with him. Yeah. I don't think it's much, but you literally got the all IR backfield in yeah. New York with that with that lineup right there. But last guy actually. 
If James White ends up in Tampa Bay, is he a top 12 running back? Kate. Uh, PPR, full, obviously. Full PPR. Full PPR. Is he a top 12 uh, running back? I'm going to grant you top 15. Okay. Because I, I think That's there's fair. there's too much competition, but I do think, uh, let's say he will be a very underdrafted running back for where he finishes, if that okay. if that counts for anything. I love the fit. The, the Bucks just... God, they they tried to make it happen so many times this season. They gave so many targets to the running back position. It did not uh, it, like they did that without having any. It's not like you had Le'Veon Bell. Like you don't have this gung ho, just like generational receiving talent at running back. Uh, you had Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, and you still forced it uh, at one of the highest rates in the league. I think yes, absolutely. Uh, please make that happen. I have a couple of dynasty shares that would really, really appreciate it. Oh man. If he signs in Tampa, I could flip him and I would love it. Just I had, me personally. I didn't realize James White was 29 years old. I adore James White. He won't crack the top 20. When he was in new England doing what he was doing, they were thrown at the running back 160, 170 times. They threw it 120 times in Tampa last year. It's not happening. I'll see you at the end of the season. There we go. (laughs) I personally like him in Green Bay. I think if they let Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones walk, I think uh, Matt LaFleur, he could kind of replicate what he did in Tennessee with Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry with A.J. Dillon, James White, James White being a Wisconsin guy. Oh, I'm not saying, let me be clear. Fantastic I really, football I think those player. two are like the prime spots, like Tampa. Fantastic and football player, and it's going to be yeah. great for either of those teams if they land him. I just, I don't see him getting anywhere near the fancy success that we saw in the peak Tom Brady 165 RB target years. James White will be a top 12 running back if he ends up in Tampa Bay. Yeah, he, yeah. he actually might be one of the top 12 running backs to play for Tampa Bay that year. You're right. I love Brian, how, how we're bringing these like ballsy hot Brian. takes when we have the co-owner of Ball Blast on the show. It's it's there very nice. I like it. <laughs> bring it out of people. Right? How's Steven Sims looking? Just a quick, awful quick run back to last year. I said Cam Sims. You just weren't listening. To <laughs> also, re- real quick, how was that uh, Cam Newton stream of the week pick for you? How'd that work out this year? If you wouldn't have fumbled that ball, he would have finished top fifteen. Dumbass. <laughs> Cam Newton, <laughs> moron, God. I I still love your response when I sent you the uh, the PFF graphic on Instagram when he was talking about there aren't thirty two quarterbacks in the league better than me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, so Josh Josh sent me a graphic of Cam Newton apparently quoted on Brandon Marshall's podcast. Also, Brandon Marshall popping up out of freaking nowhere. He has a podcast. <laughs> um, Come on, Joe. Didn't you know everybody has a podcast now? I was going to say. So he said on Brandon Marshall's podcast, there aren't 32 quarterbacks better than me. And I responded back to Josh. I would argue there's 50 better quarterbacks than Cam Newton in the NFL. I would, I would, I would argue. A couple that that have retired previously that are better. Yes. Oh, yeah. That list was going around. People had Johnny Manziel on it. (laughs) Did you see how bad Johnny Manziel looked in fan controlled football? I'd rather that than Cam Newton. Oh, (laughs) man. Jacoby Myers was a better quarterback than Cam Newton. Oh boy. What a pile of shit he is on the field right now. <laughs> Nothing. Great guy. Absolutely great guy. Does amazing things in the community. 
shitty football player. Shitty no football offense, player. but yeah, <laughs> bad at his job. Bad at his job. Uh, there are always Kate. a, a this few. Was fun. <laughs> there, are, it's kind of like like unionized, uh, unionized like uh, workplaces. How there's always like a few of those bad ones that just won't go away because they're unionized. Cam. Like yeah. it's Cam Newton. Yeah. yeah. And, let has, me be fair. He has ten. Let, let me be fair. <laughs> if, if he didn't get shoulder surgery, he, he'd probably still be pretty good. Uh, but the shoulder surgery, he yeah, can't throw the football. Shoulders anymore. are important for quarterbacks. Yeah, especially your throwing shoulder, nonetheless. Yep. But he'll still go down as probably the greatest, if not the great, uh, one of the greatest running quarterbacks of all time. It's kind of how I feel in terms of like with a shoulder sapping a quarterback. That's kind of how I feel with Marlon Mack and the Achilles injury. I I don't, I think people are going to be really disappointed if they're holding out hope that Marlon Mack is going to be anything. He's likely to start the season on the pup anyway. I just don't see him popping up on many fantasy radars. So Marlon Mack's just not good. So. I mean, definitely benefited from a really, really good offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. It wasn't, it wasn't bad in college though. Yeah, great. In the Tampa area, I got great. Remember, Jamarcus Russell was sick in college too. He really wasn't. Killed it. He just had a big arm. That was, you know. I mean, Jamarcus Russell was amazing in college. A lot of guys amazing in college that suck in the NFL. I never Uh, said Marlon Mack was amazing. I said he was good in college. There didn't he go to Miami? No, he went to USF. Uh, Marlon Mack is amazing. It's about to become the new editor and make me sound like a moron. Oh, I love it. Uh, thanks for joining, Kate. This was fun. Also, this make was Joe so sound much like fun. fun. It'll make Joe sound like a serial killer, which is just a win-win. <laughs> Marlon Mack is the greatest. The clip that we post on uh, Twitter tomorrow. It'll be great. <laughs> I, I think it needs so to happen. Cam Newton is the best quarterback. <laughs> he Everyone has tenure. <laughs> Everyone would know that was fake. I mean, anyone that listens to this every week, I find a way to work it in. Cam Newton's new Jared Goff. Find a way to work it in every single week. Um, yeah, and Kate's the new blue, the newest blue check mark, correct? Yeah. On one of the one of the new ones. She- Official now. Official. Ooh, I, I had terrified. no identity before the blue check mark showed up, but I'm uh I'm or, a or multiple people had your identity, but now the blue yes. check yes. mark is yeah. Nobody wants to be me. Like it, it <laughs> I there's no reason they gave me a check mark, but I, I do feel pretty good about myself. And uh my mom used to tell me I was special. So Oh, I, I was gonna say Very your mom recognizes you as the true Kate. Magina. Yes, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, Twitter has Absolutely. finally verified your special status. There so you that's, go. Thank you. That's what Often really imitated, but never duplicated. That's right. right. There you go. Bars. Um, <laughs> that's from something, right? <laughs> Pop culture. Kate, tell everybody where they can find you in your work. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Um, you can check out all the work we're doing at BallBlastFootball.com doing lots of rookie stuff, uh, which is super exciting. Hashtag rookie season, living it up, uh, ballblastfootball.com. Yeah, that's that's kind of me. I, I work as the editorial coordinator over at DraftKings, so you'll see some of my some of my work published over at uh, DK Live, uh, DK Nation, whenever they uh, give me the, the freedom to go rogue and 
write some stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I'm everywhere. You'll follow. You'll find me everywhere. Just look to your left. Look to your right. Kate's there. there you go. Always watching. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> everywhere. Thanks for having me on, um, guys. And we're gonna have one of your uh, one of your writers, writers correct on in, in two yes. weeks. He is one of our writers. He's our social media manager for Ball Blast Football, and he's absolutely crushing it. Mike Matt is, uh, he is going to be a much better guest than I. So please enjoy your time with him. You know, it's funny. Jason said the same thing when we talked about about you last week. (laughs) Apparently, this is a theme now. I'll take self-deprecating all day long. See, you guys should, like, how mean is it of you to put me behind Jason Moore? Like, I get one check mark, like and now I have to. We saved the best for later, but you know, yeah. it's, it's okay. Well, apparently, we're saving the best for last, according right? To Kate. According to Kate, so <laughs> because <laughs> we because uh, Mike will be joining us for our tight end show in two weeks. So obviously, right. the most riveting of yeah. positions in football, tight end. There are all, some actually quality tight ends that are free agents. Ah, uh, yes, so we'll all two of them. About. Right. Hey, two of them. There's only like no three problem. good running backs, and we did an hour and fifteen minutes on it. So there you go. <laughs> yep. We spent five minutes on the greatest of all time, Frank Gore. Uh Josh, you have the demon. I know it doesn't matter. We have like I'm just wrapping up the show, but the demon is back. Uh next week, though, we will have Eric Moody from The Athletic joining us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very excited for also, that. Also, just one. got a check mark. He Ooh, is he actually the new blue check mark. Yes. Ooh. I did not even see that. Yeah, congratulations. Back to back to back verified guests on the show. Mm-hmm. I love it. We're doing something right. Twitter, get at us. Jeez. <laughs> My God, at Club Fantasy FFL. Thank you. Please. Uh, if you missed the latest episode of the Speakeasy, it's exclusively over on our YouTube page. Uh, Linda, our at Lindellians, is now the newest host of the Speakeasy. And she's recording her latest episode as first as host tomorrow which will be launching on march 8th which is international, international women's, women's day, day. which that. is uh not this coming monday the, the following, following monday correct and her so first be... guest actually i'll save that we'll yeah why would you yeah <laughs> she's a big name but it doesn't act like wait no i'm trying oh. to it's a big name but in reality it's small there you go there's <gasps> your hint um that, it's a terrible tease, but that's, that's what we're going with. Okay. Someday we're someday we're gonna close out a show. Someday we'll close Flawlessly. out normally. Yeah, that's all right though. Thank that's you, good. Kate, once again for joining. This was thank you, Kate. So much pleasure. fun. Yes, thanks so much, guys. Uh, and once again, you can follow her at FF Ball Blast. Just there's the blue check mark right next to it. Just make sure you find the blue check mark. You, you can follow Josh at the One Hudsonian, Ryan at the Fantasy Five, myself at Joe underscore Zolo without the blue check mark. And you can follow Club Fantasy at Club Fantasy FFL on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The URL is clubfantasyffl.com. Always remember, defense wins championships. Offense wins fantasy football. Be sure to come back next week when we welcome in the now newest blue check mark member of the Twitter community, Eric Moody, fantasy analyst with The Athletic to talk free agency, wide receivers. Enjoy your week, and we will see you next Wednesday.